You're listening to the Bossa Awards podcast series, hosted by me, Sam Marshall, in recognition of the 25th annual Bossa Awards partnered by Hallard. In our podcast series, we focus on harnessing creativity. What is the formula for creating work that fuses culture, creativity, and commercial objectives? We also look at the collaborative nature between business and creatives. Joining us for our conversation is Russell Abrams, founder of Yay Abe, an award-winning illustration community. He also ranks as one of the top three illustrators on the Lurie's Middle East and Africa list in 2019. He's closely worked with brands like Woolworths, Adidas, Bombay Sapphire, United Nations, Airbnb, Apple Music, and most recently, H&M. Aisha Waja, curator, project manager, and artist mentor, and currently fair manager for Turban Art Fair. Mahati Molabatsi, founder and director of MacDuck's art advisory and agency, who has been closely working with business and art South Africa for many years and have been a judge on a host of prestigious awards. Together, they will unbundle creativity. Just because I think Russell is the only thorn amongst the roses. I'll start with the thorn first. Just kind of harnessing creativity, Russell. And what what does that word or those two words mean to you? Especially now in 2022. So when it comes to harnessing creativity, I think the way I've kind of approached that was quite proactive in the way I approach my work and, and just creativity as a whole, right? So... Um, I think when lockdown came, like everything was kind of like just depressing. The work was slow. And the way I harness creativity was to kind of be proactive in my approach to drawing, to sketching, and then just making work for myself first and foremost. And, and creating work in a, in a way that like served my own creativity first. And I, what I realized there was when I put that work out, onto social media or Instagram, um, people really like resonated with that. And I think a lot of the work I've done over the last two years all comes from clients seeing the work I've done in my personal capacity. And I think it's quite an important thing to highlight because um, when I look at younger artists trying to find work, what I always see that they're lacking is the, the, proact- the proactiveness to like create. Um, I, I think we we all kind of get caught up in this uh, spell of we can only share creative work if a brand is behind it or if a brand funded it. The special part about creativity comes from like when you just do it for yourself. And I try and like shout this from the mountaintops to any young person trying to make work or work in the industry is that when you make honest work from just just for the pure enjoyment of making that work, I think that's where the special, like the, the the magic comes from. That kind of approach. And Russell, when you went into that space where you thought, "Well, I was going to create work for myself," was that an automatic switch on, or did you need to find that place? Because uh, I don't know how many people had a, a ready-made pivot for something that they couldn't foresee. Um, yeah, I think I think. Everything came from that moment of what am I going to do now? And um, I used to always just like, I was in that space where I was like working with brands and I would only work with brands and I was only being creative really when doing a project. 
and when that st- stopped and slowed down, like I just think I missed the, the the idea of creating. So I just sat down and said, okay, fine. Like, how do I make work that's relevant to the time that we're in, and that can like kind of cheer people up and make them laugh or giggle in the morning when they go on Instagram. So I started making like illustrations of toilet paper running away and, and just like all these like fun comments on like how society is acting and that that turned into like project work later but the the main purpose of that exercise was just so that i can like so maintain my sanity by having an outlet and without thinking too much of like this is going to bring me work i think it was also it was more of a i don't know a healing process and i think i was like creators and artists when we when we don't create we become quite like frustrated i think and and i think it's 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 this idea someone once told me it's like we need to like take the power away from brands in a sense because like it's like in south africa young artists we we put so much value on like brand work brand work but when we can kind of step away from that i think that's where like the best work the best work really comes from that kind of space uh, being in your own head and making work for yourself so um I'm great I think I'm grateful for like uh, definitely I'm grateful for like just having the time I guess to create for myself like having that space as much as stressful as it was it was still a great time uh Makati when you when you hear Russell talk about kind of where he had to go to kind of maintain that mm. creativity how do you reflect on kind of harnessing that that kind of towards harnessing creativity and and what does that mean for you just kind of hearing that that opening mm. um response to those that reflection um i think um i i i looked at it in terms of um you know sharpening your originality you know um you know uh, extending your frame of reference i think he's talking about that digging deep into yourself because some of us went into a morbid and depressed state you know uh, having been confined to smaller spaces you can't go out you can't do anything um that's what we thought but there are some people who really were not confined they looked beyond where they are and i think that's what he did um he dug deep into himself and he said um i shouldn't just look at this and think um you know there isn't any uh we are not going to look beyond um this time you know and i think um most uh, creatives possibly did that and and i think creativity is 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 in everybody you know um when you find yourself um limited to certain um um you know resources you look beyond that you you extend your frame of reference and i think um that's what he did when he harnessed his creativity he sharpened his originality he looked beyond um what was confined and and the frame of reference that he was looking at but he extended it but just for yourself as well where did you need to go to either kind of maintain it uh, stay connected to it and to not kind of lose that that ability um you know i think what helped is um can you imagine if this had happened uh, maybe 10 years ago when uh we did not have the internet you know and i think most of us um 
even though we were confined to you know smaller spaces we were we were limited in terms of movement but we found solace in that we found solace in 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 connecting with people uh, even though it's not physical you know and uh, as we are doing now this is a new way of um communicating and connecting so um many of us that's what i did i spent mo most of my time um on the internet, uh, talking to various people around the world and reaching out and finding out how are you, how are you coping, what's happening on your side of the world. And um, and and people, you know, people resorted to that, resorted to online um, activities. So basically that's what one did. And I think this is how that um, extended one's frame of reference you know, um, if you're not going out and seeing other people, you are seeing other people online, you are extending your frame of reference beyond what you would see if you were to get into your car or if you were uh, to walk outside and see other people. But, you know, so that's how one stayed connected and that's one how, how one possibly harnessed one creativity or originality. And, and I think it, it's nice to hear Russell and Mahati talk about creativity. For me, I mean, I really want to echo what, what Russell said around honesty. Um, I think, you know, that time gave a lot of creatives the, the space to reflect on where their practices were and how also that needs to adapt. But then also, you know, a lot of young artists, you know, struggle. I mean, before the pandemic was struggling to make money, so would go into more kind of commercial modes of making or making works that they thought were successful and commercial and kind of copying in a way. So for me, it's really to be honest with yourself and honest in the work that you're making and trying to make something that isn't like anything else that's out there or, it's, or that isn't going to be successful because it's successful for someone else um, because it's not always the case. Um, so, yeah, so I think, in terms of harnessing creativity, it's being honest with yourself, what it is you want to make and what it is that you want to say, and how can you how can you translate that into your work and and how how is that going to be translatable to your audience? Um, and what makes it what makes it yours? What makes it authentic to yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, thinking about it is very difficult to judge how badly we've been affected but I think the, the really nice thing that I've seen um, and that's really inspiring from creators is how easily they've been able to adapt a lot of young artists have found their own mm. ways of representing themselves in this time I mean going like making use of like the the kind of marketplace on Facebook and Instagram as a way of connecting with buyers and clients and also audiences around the world and then being able to sell their work online through various platforms so I think I think that's also a creative it's a way of harnessing creativity and how you approach your practice as well. And you kind of also touch on kind of what the big theme is and the big question is about what is that formula for creating work that fuses culture, creativity, and commercial objective. Mm -hmm. And from hearing what you're saying, Aisha, and maybe it's also a question that I'd like to ask Mahati and Russell mm -hmm. as well. Has some artists better than others been able to touch on that formula? I don't think there's a specific formula. I think each person has their own formula and it kind of works, but I, like it is a very difficult balance to get to, to get 
creativity and commerciality to like meet because you don't want your work to be too commercial because that seems to be kind of bad in a way. Um, but then you also want to be able to make money or to be able to, to live off your work. So it's, it's tricky, but I think if, you know, mm. if you are honest with what you're doing, um, and you approach everything around you with that kind of honesty, and this is who you are and this is what you're making, I think that will, that will help you succeed and that mm. will work out your own individual formula of what makes your own practice work. Yeah, um, Okay, you know what? Um, I think formula, possibly maybe formula is not what we'd be talking about. We'd be talking about different signatures, you know, and style. And I think um, even though when you look at uh, various artists' work, um, they may follow the same pattern or formula, but each person has got their own signature and style. You know, you will be able to differentiate that. And I, and what I have seen, even though possibly maybe if I'm I'm going to be talking about uh, visual artists that have come up lately, um, they um, you know they they possibly will say I am going to produce work which is a, a you know which is um, a, a portraiture or it is figuration. But then you'll find that they've got their own signature. You know, they've got their own style. That's what differentiates them. And I think most of them would, would want to be original. You know, originality is very important in that way. Um, and I hear Aisha talking about, um, you know, uh, being commercial. I think every artist out there would want to, to, to make money. You know, it is actually a, being financially viable. They make work that is financially viable, you know, um, but at the same time, wanting to um, keep that, their own style and signature. And I've seen many of the artists doing that, you know, coming up with that, you know, unique signature and style of their own. How do you see the question around kind of formula, creativity versus kind of business objectives? Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with like both sentiments, and I, I think um, as an illustrator, I had to kind of focus on a style. Uh, in the beginning, it was like very like I was jumping all over the show and doing different things, which is fine. I can be a jack of all trades as well. Mm -hmm. But I, I noticed once I kind of streamlined my voice and visual language, that's when people mm. started like noticing me and going like, oh, "Okay, cool." Like Russell does this so when we need this we can go to him and he'll be our guy um and then i guess like using the i guess i definitely use that as like the basis for my formula and going okay cool like as long as i'm working like i'm, I'm quite strong in this like flat graphic approach um i know that i can like serve people and get work by using that or doing that and then i think the the other aspect to all of that is like the social media side to it and how I've had to use like Instagram, I guess, mm. and and kind of formulate this like presence and rollout plan. Oh, I don't know how to explain it, but there's a, a very specific way in which a lot of artists have to go about showcasing their work and you kind of package it together mm. for different types of people. 
So whether they want video or picture or written words, whatever, we can kind of, um, yeah, I guess it's like create work and hopefully the algorithm of Instagram throws it out <laughs> to the right people. <laughs> Sorry, Mahati, you wanted to add something? Yes, and I think um, authenticity is very important as well. If you're authentic yes. to yourself, you know, um, you will always want to be original. You will always want to come up with something different, you know, something that people will notice. Because if you are going to be very formulaic and follow what other people are doing, you're not going to be unique. You know, that, that uniqueness is needed to actually identify yourself you know, to be very authentic, to be yourself. And that's where yeah. originality comes in, you know. And um, and I think the challenge has been that um, um, I've seen that with so many other artists having seen so much on Instagram, because, I mean, the world has opened up and you can see what everybody around the world is doing. So you have to be checking yourself not to follow what other people are doing. Because otherwise, I mean, I've seen artists being caught out by actually reproducing in a different way what somebody else has done, you know. And, yeah. and I think, you know, social media has got a plus and a negative in that way because it exposes you to so much around the world. And then, you know, and then that may limit your originality and your uniqueness. So you need to sometimes move away from that you know, and, and say, dig deep into yourself and say, what is it that is original that I need to come up with? And I suppose it's very difficult in this day and age of so much um, visual, um, you know, uh, stimulation that's coming at us, which has already been done already. And, and in this podcast, we're meant to talk about a, a couple of concepts. And one of them is obviously the, the formula how to be honest, creativity. Mm. We're, we're meant to talk about kind of business and working with creators, but we're also meant to talk about, especially as we're heading into Basa's award season, mm. kind of talking about that kind of process of adjudication and kind of reflect on, on, on just kind of the role that these uh, awards play within the lives of recipients. And one, one thing that all three of you have in common is that uh, at one point or another, you've been uh, a judge. Um, I think Russell is quite interesting because you're an artist and you've been a judge. Um, uh, Aisha, obviously, I, I, I think just from this, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to drive past the other day, but the Turban Art Fair has become really a force to be reckoned with. And then obviously Mahati sits as a board member um, and has been a judge too on probably arguably one of the most important institutions in the last two, three years for artists. When, when you look at, and, I, and I'll throw this question at Russell just because uh, he was the last one I was talking about, <laughs> you're talking to th this idea that there's this judging process that has this particular idea of what it's looking for. Um, how it recognizes um, artists. And then obviously the unique thing with the BASA is that it's directly tied to businesses. So there's another very, uh, very different imperative. It's not necessarily just an artist creating work on its own and it's standalone, but there's a relationship between the artist and business. How, yeah. Now, especially now that we find ourselves post-pandemic 
um, and we are heading into an award season. I just wanted to get a sense from you as an artist stroke judge, the, the value of this recognition model. Um, that even though, and, and I'll say this very loosely without an implication on anyone, but even the awards process is a bit formulaic in a way, in the way it, it views its categories, the way it views its entrance around what and how these these elements are compared to each other. Um, thinking about that and where it sits, how important is the kind of judging now? And to Mahati's point, there's just so many influences now that are kind of in our in our rear view and in our front view. Just reflect for me on kind of as a as a judge the the role of judging now in in the creative mm. space. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So I think from my side, it's it's a it's a whole new world that I've like started to enter and like experience, and it's been amazing. I think over the last like two years or the last year, I guess I've been afforded the opportunity to judge and. I always find it quite interesting, it's, uh, especially when we, I guess it's like we can create work in pretty pictures and the work is amazing craft-wise. But then when we start looking like with the BASA Awards now and looking at partnerships and the, I, I guess the, the main thing for me is like impact versus intent and mm-hmm. keeping that in mind is it's always so important because I think we can, we can get caught up. I, definitely used to get caught up in like okay cool but like where's my award i made a pretty picture <laughs> and it's like okay cool like we we mm. yes it looks beautiful but like was how what was the impact of this project mm. and when we look at the basa entrance i think i was blown away about or blown away with like how these uh two parties or two entities could collaborate and we saw like real impact that affected communities and like instructed or or like started real change so for me like that's something that's really important because i guess authenticity and honesty is like our key word for today but it's 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 so important because i think for a lot of us we can see through like these campaigns and we can kind of go like okay cool but like we see that this is just like a brand tap dancing trying to get like social likes or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um so from my side it's been interesting to kind of be in that space and work along people that are experiencing this as well so i can kind of go okay cool like i see where this is all headed sorry i hope i answered that does it russell when you when you are and and, I, and I'm kind of you know and I'm and I'm thinking back to your responses to creativity and then talking about the formula construct of, and it doesn't make judging easier. Kojo uh, in a previous podcast talked about transparency when it comes to judging, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and how that has become such an important element for kind of understanding um, how we judge, how we engage with content. Because there is a, a structure, there is the job here to find a a winner, is the job here to transform mm-hmm. an industry, is the job here to create access, to be more inclusive. Are you burdened with any of those things being a fairly new judge or how do you view judging? Um, yeah, so I, I guess when it comes to the whole judging process, um, like although I'm quite new to it, 
Um, the I guess the formula for judging is it's it's there and it's quite clear and it's like I think it allows for a very fair judging process. I think from my side, it's just it's good to be on the inside to kind of see how how structured and and how like thorough everything has been. Um, I think when I was growing up and a lot younger and entering for whatever awards or whatever, yeah, whatever awards, I would always kind of like, I would never know the process. I thought people just like sat there and I was like, yeah, this looks cool. That looks cool. And, and being able to like deep dive into like the meaning of these projects and, and like, and kind of seeing the thought process from beginning to end, it's just been amazing to witness, I guess. And, um, I think these, mm-hmm. these awards are really important in, in terms of just, I think as creatives and artists and uh, anyone in the industry, uh, recognition and like being affirmed in your work is, it's, it's really important. So yeah. to, to have these spaces that allow for that. We talk about kind of the, the judging process and kind of the, the curatorship, which I think is, plays a, uh, an element there. Post pandemic, where does your mindset with with the kind of artists that are being exposed at the Turban Art Fair, with the kind of opportunities that the art fair has created for young artists? Um, so I mean, you know, with everything um, we do, we have a selection process, right? So all of our exhibitors get thoroughly vetted. Um, and just to speak to Russell's comment about transparency, I mean, it's we have made our um, our selection committee members um, public before and those kind of things. But a lot of people don't understand the process of going through a selection or judging and the hours that it can take sometimes. Um, So, I mean, for example, sometimes for our, you know, our mentorship program, going through those applications can take a day or up to two days, depending on how many people have applied. But there's always a lack of, I mean, there's always a back and forth because it's very also difficult to say, who is going to benefit the most and how how do you know they're going to benefit um, just from looking at their work? So it is quite an intensive process um, and there's a lot that goes into it. There's always a lot that has to be considered. And I, I'm assuming the same goes for judging the BASA Awards because it is quite a, um, it is quite a feat to be uh, given that award. It's, it's a real recognition and it really, you know, it's quite a substantial thing. So, um, yeah, so it's just really, you know, it is quite a vigorous process and it's very considered and curated. Well, not curated, it's very considered. And you try your best to consider the the story that comes with each application and each artist and what what they're going to do going forward. Um, one of the things we really kind of looked at this year specifically was work that was fresh, that we hadn't really seen before. Um, because in the last two years, I mean, we've all spent so much time online looking at everything and just being saturated with content. Um, we wanted to show our audience something new, something that they hadn't seen and something that we were really excited by. And we were actually quite thrilled when a lot, when we went through our applications, a lot of what we saw was fresh. It was new. There were a lot of new perspectives on making and process. Um, which was really exciting. And I think that's also something that's come out of the pandemic and being so overly saturated with content. Uh, Makati, the same could be said from Basa. Basa has always been in its pursuit of building those relationships. 
I've always looked at innovative kind of programs and projects. But but like most things to um, Aisha's point is that a mm-hmm. lot of people don't really understand judging or how some projects get selected above others. When you when you look at, for example, just the role of judging and kind of mm-hmm. what judging is meant to do. Um, you know, I'm going to check a bit because I have actually participated in various um, judging um, yes you know, platforms, you know, I have, um, I have judged, I have been on the selection process for galleries at uh, Turbine uh, for three years. And, um, and I've also judged um, the Sassel Signatures Award. And I've recently judged the Anna Award. And um, I have been on the, um, the judging for um, the Basa Award. So all those are different platforms of judging you know, and uh, if you, um, I mean, the role of a judge differs, I mean, from from project to project and from platform to platform. And of course, all of them come with guidelines, you know, because if you don't have guidelines in terms of what you need to look for, you know, you're going to be like like just peddling, you know, and and not knowing what to do. So all of them will come with guidelines and and there'll be different, um, you know, levels of judges there that you'd be looking at the work. But um, so you bring your own subjective, you know, um, approach to to judging. And um, of course, I mean, um, if you're judging a um, an, an artist award like the Sassel Signatures of the Anna Award, um, you will be introducing that artist to um, possibly their work into audiences. So in that regard, we would look for something different, something fresh, something that people have not seen. And it will take time for the audience to actually um, start looking at that art just because that person has gotten an award. In most times you'll find that people have not even looked at that. And then the judges would come and say, this is now the first work, or this is fresh, or this is new, or this is original. But when it comes to um, what I observed uh, when we, it came to uh, galleries that need to come, um, I mean, that need to participate in an art fair, and as I, Aisha said, you know, the, the most important thing is that um, uh, will this resonate with the, you know, the bias? You know, we are bringing bias here. So will it resonate with the bias? It may be fresh and new, but will it resonate with the bias? Would they not be baffled by it? So normally when it comes to that, because at the same, you know, at, at, at the same time, an art and and um, an art fair needs to make money. People need to come in and buy that work most of the time. So if you go to various art fair around the world, you will not find a work that would be shown in a non-selling uh, exhibition. You know, that one is pushing culture, is pushing people. Um, so that's where you'd find experimental work. But experimental work you would not find in an art fair because in an art fair, you know, the objective is to sell. It's not to introduce something that will baffle people. But when it comes to uh, the BASA Award, I found that the cultural impact and the financial viability 
what is it? Um, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, Russell spoke earlier about um, that that cult that that financial impact, that cultural impact, impact versus intent. I think that's what he said. So the yeah. purpose of the collaboration is this collaboration going to go beyond what we are seeing now? What is it going to leave with the with um, the participants of that um, of that collaboration? So, so it's it's different, and and as I said, there are guidelines. It's very, very different. So I have approached each judging differently according to the guidelines given, and what is it that is got, what impact is it going to leave in those various environments? Makati, does a review of the previous year awards does that give the adjudication panel a much better sense of where? this year's awards need to go. Does a review of the year before or the winners before or what was judged before, does that help with with an understanding of, of where it needs to go this year or is each award a standalone event? I, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've just been in last year's awards. Maybe if I had seen this year's, um, you know, um, you know, finalists, I would say that um, it needs to be similar or it needs to take a different approach altogether. But um, in last year's awards, um, I found that uh, the, the many of the, of, of the participants or the entrants had one thing uh, or the common thing that they had was to improve the lives of the, um, the people concerned, you know, the people that are participating is to improve the life and leave that impact, you know, that cultural impact and the financial viability of um, whatever it is that was um, entered. You know, um, you know, I mean, there was a, the dance thing in Durban. Um, there was, um, you know, the, the R&B one. And, and I mean, various things. And for me, is that I took time to actually look at each one of them. And I realized what change and, and they were bringing into the lives of the people that had entered those. And it's all about what, where is it going to take the lives of these people um, that are involved in these projects? And that is very important. And what impact is it leaving in, in what they are doing? What is it that they're going to um, aspire to um, once they have experienced this, um, you know, this, this, this uh, collaboration and these um, activities that they were involved in? So I think that um, that is very important, the cultural impact um, and the intent and, and, and the long-term uh, viability of what they're doing. Aisha, for you, in terms of reviewing the previous events uh, and how does that impact kind of moving forward? Um, so we, we do our best not to always repeat artists and it's sometimes a bit difficult to avoid or to repeat certain kinds of things. Um, just to also, you know, give as much space as we can for for new voices, but also for other artists, because I mean, I don't know if there'll ever be enough platforms for all of the creatives that we have in South Africa, um, and that you know, and that also keeps increasing. So, so we do try. We look at what we've had in the previous year, and then try not to always replicate that, because um, artists are always also responding to their current context. 
So that also shifts what is shown at the fair. Um, and we also try in some ways to respond to that. So we're always cognizant of what was before and what we'd like to show in this year or the next year and going forward. Can I, can I, ask, can I ask something silly? And this is from a very labored perspective that I'm asking this question. In the in that review process, Aisha, when you when you like you said, yeah, like these are the the artists we featured this year. We try not to repeat them, but when you are have the ability to to review, and you have the ability to bring in fresh new voices in into that that judging panel, if you are, have the have the ability to bring a Russell with a new perspective into that, does it allow you to fix mistakes? Um, I think it does give you it does give you that room. I mean, we all kind of make mistakes, and sometimes you, you know, like I said earlier, it's also hard to judge the potential of an artist sometimes, especially in the like with the emerging artists. But it does help to look at what was shown before, who kind of also applied before, because you can also see the growth of an artist or a space, um, and that also shows how committed they are. To, to serving their mission and serving the creative sector and the cultural sector. So it does help us to, I won't necessarily say fix our mistakes or correct anything, but then to also just relook at what we might have missed out on and then and then give space to that. Makati, you you sit on the board of BASA, you've you you've been a judge, you've been a judge on many other on other platforms. Do business get it? Um <laughs> you know, I think business should stop um, thinking that um, creativity is confined to those people that have ponytails, as it say, you know. <laughs> it is not. Um, you know, it has to look beyond that. It has to actually tap into the creativity of everyone that is um in relate it has got a relationship or has got a connection or whatever with 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 business and and that's when they will realize that that's when they will get you know creativity that's when they will start looking beyond um what is um confined to um what's supposed to be creative but uh, look at um, a wider variety of um resources and stakeholders in terms of uh tapping creativity I think so. And then they'll start getting it. Aisha, uh, I know the Turban Art Fair has really attracted some massive sponsors in the past. Um, does business get it? Um, to an extent. I think businesses are also, in a way, there to serve their own purposes. Um, so there, there are some that get it and some that want to support, but then also some that just want it for, you know, their own clients. They want that experience for their clients, um, their clients and their, their purposes. So there, there are some that get it. There are some that sort of get it, but they don't. They're not really as invested in the full vision as you'd hope they would be. So I think it's also it's it's about building a relationship with them because I think a lot of them need to also be nurtured into that understanding. Um, it's not the space that they they know they're trying to understand but they they meeting it from their own point of view and it it takes a lot to get them <laughs> to see it from the creative like from creative eyes in a way they're learning i think <laughs> yeah you're, 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 as a follow-up question and and my final one to you 
Um, you're in your 10th edition, right, as the, uh, as the Durban Art Fair? Yes, we've just yeah. completed our 10th edition. Yeah, you just, you just completed your 10th edition. Just if you were to like kind of reflect for me on your successes and what you've been able to achieve, if you could just highlight the, the success of the Turban Art Fair thus far. Um, I mean, it's been it's been an incredible success in providing the space for young artists. There are so many young artists that have come through the fair that have been picked up by major galleries that you know now show internationally. Um, if you also look at smaller galleries, um, like Kalashnikov, who um, I think we were the first fair that they showed at um in South Africa, and I mean now they show at multiple international fairs. They had a space in Berlin um, for a while. Um, you know, they they're able to take the artists that they work with a lot further than when they first started. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of successes along the way, and we've had a lot of incredible artists that have come through the fair that are now doing far greater things than we could have ever imagined. Um, I mean, one of the great things that happened at this fair is in our, um, from our Tap on Earth mentorship, we have one artist that has two major galleries interested in her work now. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's those those are the real successes for me personally. Yeah. Uh, Mahati, <coughs> if you had to if you had to reflect on on Basa's awards now, it's going to be its twenty fifth year uh, that it that'll be recognizing these collaborations and partnerships. The successes are, have been, I think, over the years that I have. No, not being on the BASA, um, you know, on the board, but being involved with BASA um, and having seen the awards over the years. And I think one of the successes actually um, encouraging all um, other businesses to um, take, um, um, you know, to support projects that would be entered into the awards you know, and those collaborations and and taking uh, membership with BASA, you know, um, being members of BASA and, and that takes them to the next step of actually supporting um, these cultural projects because they are basically cultural projects more than anything that BASA uh, or that BASA encourages businesses to support or collaborate on. And I think over the years, if we were to actually chat all the winners of those would find that um, the people that received this award have gone on to greater things. Um, I think that's that that's where we need to look at is where are they today and where which companies supported those projects and where are those companies today in terms of their cultural um, participation in the greater scheme of things. Thank you for that. Final word, I'm going to leave with Russell. And maybe the question really is, Russell, is that as we enter this kind of new space, new discussion, um, what should that relationship be like between business and creatives? So I guess it just needs to be honest. And it's like, I think on the business side, it's, like, it's, uh, it's I, I guess, create the work. I guess I would like to see businesses really like creating honest work with creators that really want to create that work. Um, and I think that's like the sweet spot. Russell, um, Aisha and uh, Mahati, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. Yes.
Thank you. It's been a great Thank you so much. Thanks, Aisha. Thanks, uh, Russell.